All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Rolling through positive Friday on Sports 1440. It is the uh, Jason Greger Show. Also live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Hit the subscribe button if you're a subscriber. Gonna win, uh, could win tickets to uh, Sunday's Tilt Orders and the Jets. I don't know who's going to be in the lineup yet. Just so you know. So don't text it and ask because we don't know yet who will be in the lineup. Uh, there will be an open scrimmage tomorrow for fans who want to go down to uh, Rogers. Uh, doors open at uh, 10. The scrimmage starts at 11. There's a practice at 10 o'clock before. Then they scrimmage. Then there's another practice afterwards. So basically, you can be there for three hours from 10 until 1 if you so choose. I think the scrimmage is basically an hour from 11 until 12 o'clock. So there you go. The uh, Gregor Show is always presented by our title sponsor, PlayAlberta.ca. 20 mil up for grabs tonight. Lotto Max. And tomorrow, Lotto 649, 66. It's the Mario Lemieux of Gold Ball Lottery. Jeez. And I have to get in on that. We've always talked, like, what would you do? All I've said is if one of our listeners wins, they're like, you know, buy us a box of you know Cinnabon or something, at mi- a minimum. You know, maybe you could buy Connor a, like a new Chargers jersey, right? He probably needs an updated one. His his Ladanian Tomlinson one's getting a little, little, you know, it's a little tight. Maybe it's a little frayed. So probably could. Do you have a Herbert jersey? Oh yeah, oh, I you bu- do? the day after he was drafted, I bought one. Oh, I was committed to him. How yeah. many other current? Charger jerseys do you have? Uh, I got a couple Bosa's, Khalil Mack, Keenan Allen. I have never gone for uh, Eckler. I have Derwin James. Wow. I got a couple. Oh, Asante oh. Samuel Jr. Guts. Wow, you are. You love your jerseys. Good for you. I do. Yeah, I've started giving some away, the older ones, because I'm trying to, like, 
recruit new Chargers fans, so I just give them the old ones. <laughs> yeah. Or or your wife's like clean out some of the space <laughs> in the closet. I think that might be the better answer. You know, she has a Herbert jersey. I don't think she's ever worn it. Really? Yeah. Jeez. You might have to make a little wager with her to get her in that thing. Throw Figure it out, con man. Come on. on a Sunday. Freshly, support boys. freshly married. You know how it works. <laughs> let's go. Let's, uh, let's welcome in to the studio our uh, weekly Friday co-host from uh, OilersNation.com, uh, Wanye Gretzk. Wanye, how are you? You think one day I'll get a Chargers jersey, Uncle Gregor? Uh Pretty sure no. Do you even know who the Chargers are? I thought you meant like a phone charger. Yeah, exactly. Like Apple, Ooh, <laughs> yeah, Apple, yeah. Samsung. Yeah, yeah. You, you have you you like jerseys. You have quite a few uh, Oilers, Oilers jerseys. jerseys. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got my Yakupov six four. Got the Connor McDavid jersey that I got before he got drafted with a Captain C already on it. So when he got drafted, I put it on at the bar and everybody cheered like I'd been drafted. One of the top moments in me and Connor's life. Easily. <laughs> so you were there at his draft day, and you yeah. had already purchased the jersey, so you were like yes. the first guy in the bar with the McDavid jersey. And this is the only time in my life I've ever fessed up to being the Oilers Nation guy to the store. They're like, we can't make McDavid jerseys, we've been told. And I was like, listen to me, I'm the Oilers Nation guy, and I need it. And the guy was like, I'll get it done. <laughs> he said, I said, I got to get a Captain C on it as well. He's like, you're really pushing your luck. And I was like, I'll get it done. All and right. I've had it ever since then. So Ooh. that's the first McDavid wow. Captain's jersey ever. Ooh. And you have a Yakupov. Uh, yeah. You must have an Eberly. Got a yeah, got an Eberly. Yeah, I got. You had a uh, Reed Schaefer. Got a Reed Schaefer. Fifty three. Mm-hmm. Got his training camp. Fifty three. Put on after he got dealt. Mm-hmm. Got a Zach Hyman. Got a Gretzky. Really lucky. When I was little, I didn't have any Oilers jerseys, and I always really wanted one. They were so expensive. So to return now to my childhood dreams with my adult size wallet, I'd sooner wear three Oilers jerseys than a suit. So if you had to buy one this year, right now. What would be the most confident jersey you'd be if I purchase this, this player's because you feel they're going to have a good season? The next jersey I'm buying is going to be my son's first jersey. And I need to get a number on the back. And I'm trying to think about who is going to be a player that when he's he's only three, if I get him like a five year old jersey now, who can he grow into and have that be his first Oiler fan like he's a fan of? So yeah, well, I thought you would pick McDavid saying Do you I though? think he's gonna re sign. I think he'll resign for sure. But is that who you try to teach a little kid or do you try to get him like an unsung hero well, maybe, well, hey, right? Yeah, maybe. But the thing about little kids I find is they they will gravitate towards the player whose name's there the most. Unless unless they have an interaction with him, then that changes. Or maybe a goalie. Some little go- kids love goalies. When I was little, I loved goalies above all else. I thought the equipment was cool. I thought the blocker in the glove was really? cool. Yeah, I thought it was way cooler to be a goalie than anything. Hmm. Well, that explains a lot. But for my own jersey, if I was to get a new others jersey this year, I don't know. I think there's like a there's a spot in the lineup in my heart open right now that Reed Schaefer's early departure has left, and somebody's free to take like on a PTO. You can be that guy, Brandon Sutter. I'll make memes about you. Mm-hmm. I'll yell at you on Twitter and tag you in at half the time. I have a lot to offer as your super fan. Uh, I, after listening to Brandon Sutter, we had lots of texts yesterday. We, we played his comments about you know, what he dealt with the last few years and. You know, how the first step was just, you know, once it, with his parents, they just said, hey, stop worrying about playing hockey. You got to worry about getting better. You, you know, you got a family. You got to be a husband and and a father. And so, you know, because he had real shortness of breath for a long time. So you get frustrated. You can't do anything. You can barely play with his kids. So it was very frustrating for him. And but once his, his dad and mom kind of convinced him that don't worry about hockey. Hockey's not like that's something you like to do. That's not who you are. Your father, your husband do that. And so they said that helped him. 
for about the last six to eight months, he's felt better. He's been able to train. If he makes it back to the NHL and signs a contract, regardless of how great he plays, he will be one that order fans, I think, because lots of like everybody knows McDavid's great and Drysaddle's great. And, you know, Nugent Hopkins has a pretty big support group. Lots of people like Hyman, lots of people like Kane, right? Uh, lots of people like Bouchard, right? So you go down the list. Um, you know, Stuart Skinner, they love the mustache. So I, uh, I think like the, if I would, based on how I've seen order fans react in the past, there's two players that I think they will get behind this year. If they play well, one is Sutter. Actually, if he just makes a team, the other one is Jack Campbell. I think there's a lot of Oiler fans that are quietly rooting for Jack Campbell to bounce back. They like saying soup. It's an easy one to cheer. No, that's true. true. Like, it's easy to cheer. It's true. But I think most fans and most human beings are kind of like, there's something about the comeback story that resonates with people. And Campbell's a very likable person, too. Yeah, so like because he never shied away from being bad, no, right? No. Like you could see it. Like anybody who watches, like yeah. God, he's playing poorly, but it's not like he's he's like oblivious to it, right? Like he was all. If anything, they're like, "Geez, the guy's too hard, too on himself. hard on himself." Absolutely. Yeah. And so yeah. the redemption story, I could see it. I could see others fans loving it, but we can't displace the mustache. Oh no, not all. I think you could, well, both goalies. I think the I don't see one goalie unless there's an injury playing more than 50 games. I just don't see it. I'm, really? I'm, and even Stuart Skinner playing 48, I'm not sure that he'll play that many again if if Jack Campbell... Like, either one guy, the other guy's got to be terrible or really struggling or injured. Otherwise, I think you're going to see, like, 48 would be the top. I think you're going to see one goalie at 46 at the most. Like a 46-36, 44-38, 43-39 type of split. Hmm. Hey, guys, Wanya needs to get his kid an Uncle Bouchard jersey. Ooh. Well, there's a lot to love there, but you don't want to give the kid something where he's going to go around the arena and get hassled by all the Bouchard haters. You don't want to deal your kid a hater jersey. I don't know. if there's Is there that many Bouchard haters? He hasn't signed his new deal yet. Yeah, but he just signed a two-year deal. So. Yeah, but the next deal is the one that's going to make him... True. Darnell Nurse used to be beloved almost universally by Oilers fans. No, 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 I think that he wasn't nearly as hated on until he got this new contract. Well, the vocal people are always... I think there's lots of people that respect Darnell Nurse's game. And like I've said, I've told many people, if you want to say he's overpaid, sure, by what? Like a million dollars at most. But even then at a million dollars, if you look at the going rate, the average salary yeah. of the other guys who all signed... And I'm not including Kale McCarrick. He's not a UFA, so it doesn't count. I'm talking Morgan Riley. I'm talking Wierenski. I'm talking Seth Jones. Seth Jones. I'm talking Dougie Hamilton. Yep. We're all signed in the same period of time. The average salary of those players is 8.5. So if Darnell Nurse is $725,000 overpaid and who's one of Connor McDavid's best friends, and if Nurse being on a contract when McDavid knows, hey, if I resign, I know the Nurse is here for another four or five years. If that's even a 1% part of the He's equation. worth every penny. Then it's worth it. Every penny. Yeah, like I don't like Darnell Nurse. Could Darnell Nurse be a bit more consistent at times? Yes, but also Darnell Nurse does a lot of really good things that go unnoticed because he'll make certain simple plays or a hard play look easy, and people are like, well, it's not that difficult, but it is pretty difficult. And he's played more minutes than any defenseman in the NHL against elite players the last two seasons. Anybody. So guess what? Sometimes. He's going to get scored on more because the guys he faces have more skill.
I think that Oilers fans, especially long-term Oilers fans, have some sort of mental condition, though, because we all remember the first time they opened up the vault and they signed Sean Horkoff, and then he went to the All-Star game and then blew out his shoulder and then was suddenly like a really expensive Oiler that people were hating on. That was the first time we'd ever seen somebody here that didn't necessarily have the case for a really huge contract. Prior to that point, we used to lose guys like David Oliver over a hundred grand. So I think there's a section of Oilers fans that anytime anyone gets a big ticket deal, immediately the microscopes are going to come out. That's fair. But I think that's human. There are some people that there's, whether they want to admit to it or not, there's there's a part of envy of or not. Or if they dislike a player, it's easy to say, yeah, it's contract. It's easy to always just point to the contract. And, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. If every fan liked every player evenly, it'd be boring. Like, let's be honest. It would be absolutely boring if everyone's like, oh, I love this guy the same as you. Let's sing Kumbaya. It's fantastic. Like, it's not going to happen. I see the reverse. I now see looking at the NFL and NBA, anyone making more than Connor McDavid, I'm a hater of them immediately. I'm like, that guy makes that amount of money to play from the Milwaukee Bucks. Do you know what Connor McDavid does for 12.5 million U.S.? Anybody making one cent more than that is a ripoff. That's interesting. See... I, I see like Alan Walsh all the time on, on Twitter. Oh, I look at the NHL and I'm like, it's simple business. The top guys in the NHL don't make, well, A, basketball has a way smaller roster, right? B, they have a way smaller roster and an infinitely bigger salary cap. And only five guys ever are really getting paid. The rest are long-term bench sitters and they have yeah. a drastically reduced contract. Their TV deals though are so crazy now, Gregor, in the NBA. Oh, yeah. Like every single contract now that's being signed in the NBA, it's like that's the highest paid player. That's the highest paid player ever. It's like annual inflation. The biggest deal ever gets signed every offseason. Guys, if Nurse wants to justify his contract, he needs to get 65 points for Mark. Say, I'll disagree, Mark. Um, it's virtually impossible to get 65 points um, if you're not a power play defenseman. Right, like getting 65 even strength points. I'd actually actually go back and look in the history of the NHL because Darnell Nurse, you know what, uh, he gets a, what does he get, like the last few seconds on a power play now and, and Edmonton Bouchard takes the majority of it, which is totally fine. I'm okay with that. So I actually, I don't, I see what you're saying, but, but the funny part about it is if you actually look at Darnell Nurse's production five on five as a defenseman, you, you don't really have any complaints. It's, it's hard to complain about his five on five scoring because he's right up there. So if you just look at the, at the last three years, uh, only for defensemen and you look at, uh, even strength points, where is nurse? Nurse is, uh, he is 12th. Brent Burns, Justin Falk, Quinn Hughes, Shea Theodore, Adam Fox, Victor Hedman, Kale McCarr, Roman Yossi, Eric Carlson. But here's a fun little trivia question. Do you know which defenseman leads all NHLers in even strength scoring the last three years? I'll let anybody, I'll let the, I'll let the audience see if they can figure it out. Don't look it up. NHL defenseman with the most even strength points the last three seasons. Do you know who it is without looking? Text in. 833-401-1440. Do you have a guess, Wanye? I think I... Oh, I have, do I have a guess? Of course. Is it right? 50-50. Can I guess the team? Well, just guess the player. Is he on Pittsburgh? Guess the player. No, I want to know if I have the team right first. Um, I'm cheating. You're saying Chris Letang? I am, indeed. He has fewer points. Drat! But I didn't say Letang. Yeah, I only yeah. said the team. He actually has the same amount of points as Darnell Nurse, even strength. Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yes. No. Oh, Chris Letang, Letang does. does. Yes. Darnell Nurse also, in terms of answering the bell when he's required on the ice, 
is one of the top Oilers in all of memory. That guy always stands out for his teammates. That guy always goes flying into scrums. And you don't price that into the stat sheet. Other well, penalty minutes, I suppose, but you should put a value on that. Is that worth seven fifty to you? Let's see. A uh, quick break. Uh, we'll return. Jason Greger show on Sports 1440. When we come back, we will uh, be joined by Wanye's uncle on the Jason Greger show on Sports 1440. Pause of Friday continues on. Edmonton Sports Leader, Sports 1440. Jason Greger, Wanye Gretz with you alongside uh, Connor Halley. And uh, hey, it's fitting. We're going to call an audible. Right now, we'll move things around. Our next guest, he'd be very comfortable. I don't know how many audibles he's had uh, in his career, but I got to guess 100. So it shouldn't be uh, any big deal as we will get to our NFL report now brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling, where the rates never change. If all of a sudden your furnace cracks out, it's the middle of the night, call Legacy. Never any overtime charges. That's how you'll build a legacy at LegacyHeating.ca. We are joined by a former NFL tight end. He is a current analyst on uh, TSN. Uh, very good takes. And, uh, you know, Jay Onright does mention his hair uh, a little bit. Uh, Luke Wilson uh, joins us now. Luke, welcome to the show. How are you? Great. I appreciate you having me. What uh, Now, did you ever use Pert Plus? What, uh, what do you use it in that quaff up there? Yeah, you know what? I've gone through a variety of different uh, shampoos and stuff. Sometimes I've kind of gone back and forth from, like, really long to mid-range to, like, the hockey hair. So, you know, you, I got 15 years of shampoo usage. I've pretty much tried it all. Yeah, no, that's fair. Now, when you played, you know, you had the long lock. Did you? How often did guys grab your hair, you know, either purposely or accidentally in games? Uh, for me, it was pretty rare. The times when it got, like, super long... Um, it would kind of like rest almost below my shoulders on the front. So it wasn't so much like getting tackled. You'll see that the odd time. I've never had that happen, but more so like when I'm in the trenches blocking, you know, you're always fighting for like hand position inside hands on a guy's chest. So there's a few times where that would kind of yank at it. And that was never a great feeling. Did you ever have an old school coach look at you sideways and tell you you need to cut your hair like it was the seventies? Not really. To be honest, I always joke. I, uh, so I was a fifth-round pick, and when the Seahawks tight end coach came down after pro day, they did a little bit of a workout, and I had long hair. And for whatever reason, after the draft process, or let's call it right before the draft, I had cut my hair. So he would always rag me and be like, you know, son, I came down here. I went down to Rice and had what was – Telling everyone we got a Tarzan tight end. We got a draft, kind of an under-the-radar guy, and you show up looking like this guy. Like, where's the long-haired dude at? And I'm like, damn, that's kind of tough. You know, I got to make sure I grow that back. He's got a point there. <laughs> and little kids probably, little fans think it's cool because they can identify you on the field, right? No question, no question. I always think, I never really loved having the long hair outside of football. I mean, at points it was funny, but... You know, it's kind of a nuisance, but I will say, like, especially when I was playing, it was wildly worth it on game day when you're, like, ripping around and you just got the hair flown out of the back of the helmet. <laughs> the I was, dream. That was fun. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Luke Wilson joins. Now, look, there's a, if I'm not mistaken, you are one of the originators of uh, Techno Thursday. Um, how did it help keep the Seahawks loose, and uh, what did uh, Pete Carroll think about it? Uh, you know, at first, I think everybody was unsure. 
um, in a kind of a funny way, but you, you put in the word techno and that can mean a variety of things. You know, I feel like we've all had those moments where we're like, wow, this is a great techno song. And then we've also had those moments where like my head is pounding and I'm not really sure what the hell is I'm listening to right now. So when I proposed techno Thursday, it was a bit of a, a joke, but a little more lighthearted and, um, you know, Pete's a big energy guy. So all of a sudden, I, you know, it was more like a Vegas pool party playlist, a little more EDM style, I guess. And, uh, it created a lot of buzz that day. And that's kind of what made it stick was that everybody was pretty fired up about the tunes that we selected. And first day we only got, I think we, they only let us get three tunes in. So then all of a sudden it was like, then it became four five, six. And then it probably became seven to eight per day, which was nice. And so take us through, like, did you have complete autonomy on the playlist or who of your teammates started to have input on what was played? Uh, well, as it went on, it definitely became more of a group effort. But day one, I would say, was myself, a guy named Jordan Roos and Jimmy Graham. Okay. Um, Jimmy, we would kind of all eat lunch together and I had told him the idea. And I was like, guys, like, I know I like these songs. I know in LaSalle, Ontario, these things were bangers, you know. <laughs> but I'm like, tell me about your thoughts on this stuff. And that's kind of where it went from there, where they were like, yeah, these are three that everybody will kind of know. And uh, that'll get, you know, day one, that'll get the vibes right. We are joined by uh, Luke Wilson, of course, a uh, former uh, tight end, current analyst on the NFL. Let's get to the NFL now, uh, Luke. And it's been, I want to talk about your position. Like the tight end was one, like you've got obviously some elite tight ends, but there's not a lot of tight ends getting usage right now in the league. Are you surprised? And is there, and, and why are we not seeing, you know, a lot of guys, you know, A, getting many targets and B, getting a whole bunch of receptions? You know, I think that this league is is just has a lot of ebb and flow to it. So, you know, at one point it was like, Hey, we can go and get these tight ends and create mismatches, et cetera. And then, you know, defenses eventually catch up. So now all of a sudden you're really seeing linebackers that can cover and safeties that can cover. But on the flip side, a lot, like if you look at the Niners, for example, which right now I think they're arguably the best offense or one of, and, and very well-balanced, you know. Part of that is their weapons. But you look at Kittle, and it was like when Kittle first came to the league, they are really using him as a receiving guy. And then all of a sudden, it's like Kyle Shanahan gets here, and he obviously caught I think, 60, 70 yards last night, so it's not like he's not a receiving guy. But Kyle Shanahan's whole offense really stems from his run game. You know, there's a lot of play action. He really wants, you know, to create the big play by, you know, establishing a run game and in that outside zone style run game, which he has the tight end is so crucial. If you have a guy like Kittle that can block and really stretch that edge, that's going to open up huge lanes. So again, it's a bit of a copycat league in a sense. And this is why I'm saying it's kind of one of those things where I think you'll see more tight ends catching the ball, maybe towards the end of the year. But right now, everybody's really trying to, you know, emulate, I would say, this style of offense you see from the Niners, I would put uh, the Eagles up there when it comes to the run game and both Kittle and Goddard, although they can catch the ball in their premier pass catching tight ends, they both of them can really put their hand in the ground. 
and whether it's a combo or they're really trying to stretch a DN, do a lot in the run game. And that's kind of the shift you're seeing right now. It's back to a more complete version of a tight end. Yeah, it is like none of them are having huge numbers. It is very early in the season, you know, uh, TJ Hawkinson probably, you know, is off to maybe the, the best start just on, on a pure numbers basis. And I think he's caught 15 of the 17 targets. So he's not only getting target locks, he's catching everything that's thrown his way. When you look at where he's come the last few years, Luke, what do you see has impressed you the most in his progression as a tight end? Um, to me, it's patience in his route running, but also opportunity. Like the reality is this league is, you know, when you're a superstar, you kind of make it work anywhere. But even to that degree, if you're in the wrong place, it's just not, you know, feasible for you to put up crazy numbers unless you're really getting, you know, featured. And in Detroit, it seemed like that wasn't really their game plan. And it hasn't ever been, you know, if you think about Detroit in the last 15 years or so, like when do you ever remember a tight end kind of coming out with a thousand yard season or something to that effect. And now all of a sudden you go to the Vikings and you've got a guy in Justin Jefferson, who's your number one target. Yep. And now you can combine him with a quarterback who, I mean, I know everyone likes to make fun of him, but Kirk Cousins to me is played incredible this year. I mean, he's still for 700 yards, I think in two games. Yep. And it's like, he's going to utilize Hawkinson's, you know, abilities especially over the middle of the field underneath, and you got a guy like Jefferson to stretch the field, like they're just going to work hand-in-hand, and you're going to see that. Plus the fact that I think losing Dalvin Cook, their run game isn't as stout. Where, again, you look in Detroit, Dan Campbell's you know, first thing is he always wants to run the ball. We've all heard the clips, like we're going to bite teams in the kneecap. That's not necessarily a style of football you're going to claim you want to do if you know you're – throwing the ball 40 times a game. Joined by uh, Luke Wilson, former uh, NFL tight end, a great analyst on uh, TSN. And you know what? It's very early in the season, Luke, but when you only play 17 games and, uh, you know, you've already played two, you know, the numbers will tell us if you're 0-2, I think it's only the Bengals since they went to the 17 format in the playoffs that have been able to come back from the 0-2 deficit. What do you make of their start? How concerned should Bengals fans be, especially with Joe Burrow mentioning that he's tweaked his injury? Or, sorry, uh, tweaked his calf again. I would be more concerned than I was last year for sure. I mean, it's kind of two sides of the coin here. And where my head goes with Burrow and the Bengals, and he said it in his interview. He's like, you know, it's tough right now because he missed all of camp. And he's not a 10-year veteran. We all kind of like to think of him as that yeah. because he's played so well early. But it's like you look at him, he's very, very young, you know, still fresh in this league. It's the hardest position to play in the league. He needs those reps, that timing, that rhythm, you know, feeling how the offense is supposed to work, his offensive linemen, all of that comes into it. And that's kind of stuff you gain when you show back up in April. You go through all the phase one, phase two, then OTA phase into training camp. A lot of times guys are working out together to some degree in between OTAs and camp. So he said in his interviews, like, you know, things feel a little bit off and where I get nervous with the calf is not so much the lingering, you know, will it lead to other injuries, but more so like, so now he's already said he's feeling a little, you know, 
whatever out of it when it comes to his rhythm and his timing goes, and he's going to be limited at practice all week. You know, is he going to be full speed? Giving him just a little other thing to think about instead of being like, okay, I got to take this drop set. I got to set protection, read my pre-snap, you know, cues, deliver this ball on time and accurately. It's now like I got to make sure I don't blow this calf up and I miss three or four weeks. So that's where I do worry about the Bengals. But on the other side, and what's been strange is that they have so many playmakers. I mean, it starts with Jamar Chase, and then you go to Joe Mixon, you go to you know, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. Like, when you have those four guys on the offensive side of the ball, you can win any given Sunday. So that's why I don't think it's full panic mode yet. As a former Seahawk, I have a slightly off-topic question, but I'm actually really dying to know, what does the Seahawk fans sound like from the sidelines? Like, that's got to just be deafening. We only get to see it through it's TV wild. as civilians. Any, can you give us any uh, stories about how crazy it is? You know, I remember, especially when I was younger and we were going on some of those runs, it just seemed like like you couldn't hear. Like, our defense would step on the field, and, you know, it was deafening. So what was fun was they used to have, and I'm sure they probably still do, haven't been to a game in stadium in a couple of years, but the false start counter. And it was like we led the league, you know, in opposing team false starts. And I would think to myself, like, I get it. You're sitting there, you're facing the Legion of Boom, and you've got our D-line with Mike Bennett and Cliff Averill, you know, sitting right in front of you. You're trying to get every little advantage that you can, and you've got to sit here and get off on the ball, yet you can't hear the snap count. I mean – it's great for us, but I get why guys are jittery over there. And, you know, we played at, at that era, too. We played in a lot of meaningful football games. So, you know, your energies juice up a little more. Everybody's all fired up. And it caused a lot of false starts. It changed a lot of games. So, I, I, you know, I was watching. They put out a little short documentary on that season. It was like, I think it's called The Season of Boom. And there's been there are 15-minute like YouTube episodes. And... You know, every guy in there talks about how, you know, Marshawn was talking about, like, it's not a joke. Like, the our fan advantage was a major advantage in those games. Oh, God, I, I would think so. Now, uh, our producer, Brad Slater, who, of course, you're, you know quite well, um, I honestly, Pete Carroll, when I look at Pete Carroll, I don't think of a 72. Pete Carroll's 72, and he's running down the field. Like, you you played with him, or you played for him, I should say, Luke, for a long time. Like, his energy, like, it blows me away. Like, is this guy, what you see, is that what he is all the time? Like, is he always that energetic? Yes. You know, it's, I, I was actually telling the story on that same little documentary thing, whatever you want to call it, but one of the moments I'll never forget I was a rookie. We went 13-3 and won the uh, won the NFC West and ended up, you know, getting the one seed. So we got a bye. And I had tweaked my ankle. So we get the bye in the playoffs. It's like Monday morning or Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. We don't even have an opponent yet, you know. And I'm walking in there early to go get treatment. And treatment's like, I want to say 6, 6.30 in the morning. I'm wiping my eyes. I'm going up the stairs to the cafeteria. Pete's coming down, and I kid you not, he's jittering with excitement. Jittering. And I'm like, you know, it was kind of that moment where I was like, holy smokes, like, I'm 23. This guy wasn't 70 at the time, but you get the point. Like, if he's doing that now, 
and it, it was kind of like in a weird way, a life changing moment. I'm like, dude, like, why don't I have this energy right now? Like, why don't I have this amount of fun? Like Pete Carroll, there's no cameras on at 6 a.m. He just fired up for the day. Yeah. So that to me was the moment where I thought was pretty cool. And he is just like the most high energy guy all the time. Did you find like, did you find more energy after you find yourself waking up? Say, all right, let's go. You know, like, like, let's look at the day with more excitement. Did that happen to you after that? 100%. I I mean, for the rest of my career, I always would think back to that moment and be like, you know who's not tired right now? Pete, and he's got 55 years on me, or whatever it is. You know what? It's true, right? Like, that's that's amazing because his – I was stunned when Brad told me that. I'm like, what? 72? Like, it's amazing to him. Uh, Now, I read a story about you, uh, Luke, that was published many years ago. and talked about how superstitious you were. It made me laugh because we were talking about superstitions earlier today on the show with Lorianne Munzer, the two-time Olympian. And, you know, in the story, you talked about if we had a bad drive, I'd never get water from that trainer again. You were very superstitious from, you know, how it was. So now that you're on with OnRight all the time, are you superstitious in your preparation before you go on? Not at all. And I find what's fun about this stuff with OnRight is, you know, you don't really need to – I don't love, like, making the predictions. Yeah. That'd be, like, earlier in the week. But, like, when I come on after – it's like I get to interpret the game. And, you know, like last night I was sit there and I wish I could talk more because there's so many little things that go on in a football game that I don't think everybody sees or yes. knows. You know, last night I was laughing because Wink Martindale – dials up a cover zero early on in the game. And he kind of, I wouldn't say guess Brock Purdy, but almost got the whole offense and didn't work, weren't prepared for it. It was in the red zone. It was a third down. The Niners settled for a field goal early. Wink goes right back to a similar, it's cover zero, except this time he brought everybody. One pull was before it was like a zero spy. And, uh, you know, Brock Purdy just executed a perfect throw to Ronnie Bell for TD. Later on in the game, the touchdown, Debo Samuel, same thing. You know, cover zero is a little farther out. Purdy was like, yep, I know exactly where I'm going with this ball. I know pressure's going to be coming. So it's, like, fun to sit there and watch now instead of it from a player's standpoint, but from an analyst, be like, how is Brock Purdy having the success that he's having? You know, instead of, like, my focus day in and day out was, hey, how am I going to beat this guy or beat that guy? So I, I have zero superstition with regards to um, – with regards to being an analyst. One last one about Brock Purdy. Like, you know, Pete, like the guy has not lost a regular season game that he started yet. I think the only loss he had was when he got injured. Like, this guy has come in, and it's been a revelation. And Warren Moon told us uh, when we had him on the show about 10 days ago how he thinks there's lots of good quarterbacks, but there's not enough patience in developing. Well, this guy's come in, and he's been amazing. What impresses you most, and what is he doing that the other young quarterbacks just haven't figured out yet? Uh, I think, honestly, what's most impressive is his poise in the pocket. You know, even just last night, it's like, I think it was 3-3 after the first quarter or something like that. You know, everyone's thinking it might be a blowout. It was generally close, again, for one of the four quarters. And I sat there and looked at him, and there's no panic. You know, there's there's nothing going on that leads you to believe that he's not going to be poised in there. And like I said, for a guy to sit there – and it was really the throw to Ronnie Bell. Uh, it's a simple slide right protection. And he's basically, they're leaving one on block. Like they don't have enough to, you know, um, block up everybody that Wink Martindale's sending. And he sits there, 
knows exactly where he's going with the ball, throws the ball, turns away, which is what they teach him, so that he avoids a hit. It's a perfectly thrown ball on the exact route that he should have thrown. So it's like these decisions he's making 10 games into his career is like stuff you – and not just once, but consistently is stuff you would expect to see, you know, in year three, year four, and he's able to do it right now. Yeah, it's it's really impressive stuff. So uh, I enjoy it. Uh, Luke, I really enjoy uh, your your analysis. I learned lots when I watch you uh, with OnRight. Uh, keep it up. Thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. That is uh, Luke Wilson, former NFL tight end, of course, on uh, TSN with Jay Honor. And he, I love I love his analysis. Like, he breaks it down. He can explain it in a way that you're like, oh, I didn't see that. And to me, that's what the best analysts do is they pick out some of the little things that people haven't caught on, and that allows you to understand the game more. Do, do you think that he knows that there's an actor named Luke Wilson? I'm guessing he's probably heard that before. Hey, Has anyone told him that joke before, you think? Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm very happy that you held yourself to a high enough level that you didn't ask. Because I, I know I was just I like, was going to uh, ask, but you were doing such a good job, and you kept, like, motioning, do I want to ask a question? I'm like, you know I'm going to hit him with the do you know there's another was, Luke I'm like, Wilson. Is Owen Wilson your brother? Yeah. I thought you were going to ask him that one. Have you so. ever heard that before? Yeah. It's the funnier one. <laughs> uh, welcome back. We have uh, five questions and more on the Positive Friday edition of the Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca, coming to you live in the E-Well studio. Positive Friday continues on. Gregor, Pally. Bonnie Gretz with you. It's a positive Friday. Spec will be by later. Uh, LT, him and Luke Wilson had an audible. They changed spots, so uh, LT will join us in the uh, final hour. Also get a little uh, thoughts from uh, Jay Woodcroft, who uh, spoke after the uh, second session today, mentioned uh, good news for uh, those who, if you had any concern, um, Ryan McLeod, they expect him back uh, even before Matthias Ekholm. Ekholm might be uh, out a full week, but nothing. As Ekholm said, you know, he would play through this. It was in the regular season, but they've got some time. Still not until October 11th, right? It's basically just under three weeks from when the regular season begins. So, you know, if Ekholm gets into the final few preseason games, uh, I don't think there's much to uh, to worry about in uh, in that regard. So there you go. Let's get to uh, five questions now brought to you by The Brick and their semi-annual sale is on right now. Get in. They got great deals in all departments. If you're looking at $1,000 off select big screen TVs, you can get 60% off sofas when you buy the matching love set or chair and 40% off mattresses. And remember, a lot of this stuff is uh, free delivery, especially the TVs over uh, 50 inches. They'll deliver it for free at the brick and the brick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, question number one. Of the players we think will go on Sunday for the Oilers, and we don't know for sure, who will you be the most excited to see hit the ice? Well, I don't think we know yet who's going to play, but I would say, to me, the, the most intriguing matchup are, are how are guys going to perform who are battling for jobs. Like, no offense, if Leon Drysaddle has a great game if he plays, or Kane or Hyman, that's not going to surprise me, right? Like, I don't think Winnipeg's going to be icing a great lineup based on a road team in the first preseason game. History tells us it's just not going to be that deep. So it's more so Brandon Sutter, Raphael Lavoie, um, Lane Peterson, if those type of guys play. And, and they might wait. It might make more sense to wait and have those guys play on Monday in Winnipeg because they'll be up against more NHL-caliber opponents. 
I'm looking at a guy coming into camp that doesn't have a lot of hype, and that's Connor McDavid. And I'm wondering, is he going to make the team? Does he have what it takes? These early preseason games, Gregor, I mean, yeah, you light it up. It's not a big deal. But if Connor doesn't light it up in his first few preseason games, they're going to be looking at him. They're going to be talking about his contract. Connor McDavid, I'm excited to watch him play. I'm with you there. Question number two. Reports say the Ducks are offering Trevor Zegers a deal with an AAV of 3 to $4 million. What do you think he is worth per year? Well, look at... Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The guys had two 60-point seasons already. And Troy Terry, who's just now, he's a UFA. It's a little bit different. But if you go by a very simple formula, you know, it's, you get, if you score 60 points, you're probably getting close to six mil. I would say... Trevor Zegras at this stage could easily command six million dollars for for them to like to offer him three or four in a bridge is well it's unprecedented. I'm trying to think of a player who had sixty points in consecutive seasons now in the salary cap era, who coming out of his entry level deal only got three to four million bucks. All right, so and I, I'm just I'm not I wonder how much like I wonder if that's the agent. Well, I, I don't wonder. I'm very confident that's the agent side leaking something out here so people can people in Anaheim are like, what? Right? Because they're frustrated with the fact that they don't have a contract already. So I would say Zegris minimum is is six mil. And I can argue that you would sign him for eight years at eight million dollars because you fully believe he'll play into the contract. Fan favorite, right? They're trying to build a new team. They're, they've got long-term guys like Getzlaff and Perry. They're no longer with the team. I don't think they should be fooling around with their long-haired superstar. So how much money? $12 million. <laughs> Keep them happy. At least. <laughs> right? Just if you're going to be scared, just overpay. You know? Question number three. got to keep this really good strategy. <laughs> That's why I'm the GM. Scared, just overpay. Hey, Jeff Jackson was on the show. Maybe he brought it up. It's a strategy. Look it up. Question number three. We'll keep the tradition going. Uh, the Elks have won two in a row. I've asked you guys this question both Friday. They take on the line or both Fridays. Uh, they take on the Lions tonight down at Commonwealth. What's going to happen? How superstitious do you want to be? Because I've cleverly said they're going to win a hundred to three two weeks in a row, and they took that and they made momentum out of it, and they're two and zero. Oh. A little stitious. Tradition, boys. Yeah. yeah, they're not superstitious. They're just little. Stitious. Oh, I see. It's a little stitious. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they actually score a point against the BC Lions that tonight, so that's nice. Honestly, you know what? 
I think this could be another entertaining football game. The the BC Lions, I'll say this. There's going to be options, and I've said it before. The Elks secondary, get some stick'em. I don't care what it is. Adams Jr. will throw some interceptions if it's up to you to catch him. That's just a fact, right? Kevin Glenn, I remember that. Kevin Glenn was like, he'll throw two interceptions a game. It's up to you to catch him. So I think the uh, the secondary, the Elks will get some opportunities. I think this one's going to be a competitive game. The Elks are rolling. How can I pick against them? I'm going to say they, they get a win tonight, uh, like 28 to 24. Another win. Oh, yeah, they're playing well. They got loads of confidence. Like, I don't think they're going to be able to carry it all the way to the playoffs because it's just too hard because they're playing BC and they're playing Toronto and they're playing Winnipeg. But you know what? They, uh, they're going to score some points. And the running attack right now is just its unstoppable between Brown and Trey Ford. So until somebody slows them down in the running game, I'll, I'll ride the train. Yeah, Marcus Lewis, he's been a ball hawk this year. Watch for him tonight, number uh, 26. Question number four for you guys. Last day of summer officially. What is your favorite part of autumn as it gets going tomorrow? This is the, my favorite part of the hockey season almost. Because I don't know if you're familiar, Connor, but we failed to make the playoffs for a solid 10 years in a row. Yeah. But the preseason was like our playoffs because we could get excited. We'd have a great record. Some years we'd lead the league. And we had a lot of momentum going into the regular season. My favorite thing about autumn starting is how starting on Sunday, we're going to convince ourselves on Oilers Twitter, some prospect is the answer. And we're going to ride that for 20 good days. Favorite part of autumn. Honestly. I just love when all the leaves turn colors and you have that yellow and the red. And so when I drive, there, there's a road, it's Range Road 220 off of the highway and you take it to get to the farm and it's got massive trees on both sides. It's spectacular. Um, and, uh, we're going to, um, Canmore for a family wedding next weekend. And I, and I think it's called, they're lurches or larches, one of the two. My apologies if I'm butchering it. But anyway, that's when they, there's like a three week window and all these trees turn this unbelievable yellow. And uh, that we're going to make that part of, we're going to do a little hike. So I'm going to say just, you know, the changing of the leaves. I like it when you have all the reds and the yellows and the oranges. Looks awesome. It's beautiful. Looking it up, looks like larch. Yeah. Larch. Sounds okay. very nice. There you go. It'll be beautiful. Final question for you guys today, Hypothetical Friday. If you could learn any skill in the world without even having to try, what would you pick? I would love to gain Gregor's appreciation for leaves because he seems very happy and at peace when he's driving around. And I rarely feel that type of peace on a day-to-day basis. So the skill I would like to acquire is your love of leaves. Oh, okay. Um, That's a really good question. Because there's a lot of skill that I don't have. And you already love leaves. So, yeah, yeah, I have that one. I'm not, it's a skill that I can turn into anything other than happiness, but which is a good skill to have. I will say I would like the skill of knowing how to do all sorts of Photoshopping, technical stuff, coding all at once without having to spend all the time to learn it. Because I'm very inefficient at that. Connor, what about you? Piano. Oh. I wish I could play the God, piano. That's a good answer. It'd be so cool it's at really parties. a really good answer. Why wouldn't I say, like, guitar and you just play the guitar <laughs> and sing? That's just true because, like, that's a party. You sit down, people come over, and you're strumming the guitar, and all of a sudden you're singing. Yeah, that'd be great. It's a really good answer. Yeah. I mean, I would just play everywhere. Go to a piano bar. Like, yeah, let me, let me dabble here. Uh, you just show up. You'd walk in, and people would be like, hey, do you guys mind if I uh, tickle the ivory? <laughs> what? Yeah, I'm going to try to tickle the ivory. And then all of a sudden you're over there, and the next thing you know, you're just crushing it. 
Billy Joel for everybody. Oh. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oof. I like that. I'd go. That might be one of your best answers ever to a five questions hypothetical Oof. question. Well, my second one was like Grill Master, but I went with Piano. So I, I, th- I felt like those were two quality like answers. Like Diamond Teeth Grill Master? What do you think? Ooh. Like Paul Wall back like, in the day? Exactly. No, I, was, I was thinking like uh, barbecue. Oh, cooking. Yeah, of course. Smoker and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes way more sense. <laughs> Got a lot of texts coming in. Um, Brian, I want to do taxes like a pro. Brian, hmm. I feel you, but I also feel like you, you shot really low <laughs> on what you'd want to be an expert at. Because guess what? You can get like any of the tax places to do it. And it's like 200 bucks. Wesley Snipes didn't do his taxes for like a decade, and he only went to jail for like four years. What What do you need to do taxes for? <laughs> oh, I like that. I want to be taxes like a pro. <laughs> like, Revenue Canada can't hear you when you text us Gosh, this sort of thing. That is awesome. It's not going to save you. What are you doing right now? Just your taxes? Do you want your taxes done? I'm doing next year's. Like a pro. <laughs> oh. Preemptively filing 11 months early. Oh, yeah. Well, you wouldn't even have to. If you could do it like a pro, you'd probably just wait till the last minute. Right? That's pro. Look at all those write-offs. Wow. Exactly. Do you even know what a write-off is? Yeah. You write it off. (laughs) Uh, Hey, Connor, if you want piano lessons virtually or in person, let me know. I'll make it happen for Maple Scoop. But I just want to learn without having to try. Like the (laughs) Matrix. Yeah. Just want to load it into your brain. Can you do that, Maple Scoop? Maybe Maple Scoop can do that. We don't have time to learn. We need it directly (laughs) inserted into our brain cortex. Yeah. Basically, you want AI to do it for you. Precisely, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that was the hypothetical, right? Yeah. If you could learn immediately, what is it? Yes. It's your contest. It's true. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys, if I could learn what my wife was thinking, that would be great. Doug. <laughs> I don't think you'd want to know, Doug. <laughs> sometimes ignorance true, is some, bliss. Exactly. Sometimes like, that might come back to haunt you. What? I think knowing what other people are thinking would be one of the worst superpowers oh. you could get. Hey, it's Mel not Gibson, good. Mel Gibson lived through it, right? What do women want? He didn't want it at the end. Have you heard what happened to him? Mel? Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about the character. In You're the holding movie. up Mel Gibson as an everything worked no, out story? The movie. I didn't say it worked out Oh, for him. in the movie. In the movie. What of women course. want. Of what course. You, come on. Well, you said have you seen Mel Gibson? No, I know. Yeah. In the movie, what women want. That's what I was talking about. No, no. So... Let's get to uh, the con, man. We'll come back. Speck will join us, Low Tide and more, on Pause and Friday edition of The Gregor Show. And my PlayAlberta.ca. Here's Sports 1440 update brought to you by Edmonton Kubota, baby. They are so excited right now. They're clearing it out. 0% financing for 84 months on all their compact BX tractors. Shop online at edmontonkubota.com.